Hi, everybody. This is Ruta Lee, and you're listening to TV Confidential. Ed Robertson welcoming you to TV Confidential. Radio talk show about television that has taken a few days off this week. We'll be back with a brand new edition of the program next week. In the meantime, our second hour will include encore presentations of our conversation with Ken Osmond, Eddie Haskell of Leave it to Beaver, and Kathy Coleman of Land of the Lost. We hope you'll stay tuned for that. In the meantime, we'll begin this hour by celebrating the life of Robin Williams, the Academy Award-winning actor and comic genius whose kamikaze style and energetic humor took the entertainment world by storm first as a stand-up comedian, then on television as the star of Mork and Mindy, then finally as one of the biggest film stars of the 1990s and 2000s. And while the world has not fully yet recovered from the death of Robin Williams, we can take comfort in knowing that he left behind a vast body of work that all of us can still enjoy today. Joining us now is Mr. David Steinberg. David managed Robin Williams' career for more than 40 years, up until Robin's death in August 2014. He is also the executive producer of Robin Williams' Come Inside My Mind, the critically acclaimed documentary from 2018 that is just one part of an astonishing new collection of vintage Robin Williams' material that we'll tell you more about in just a second. But first, we began our conversation by telling David, I grew up in San Francisco. I was born in the city. I actually lived about six blocks away. My parents' house was about six blocks away from the Holy City Zoo. (laughs) So, like a lot of San Franciscans, I've always felt Robin was one of ours. Yes, exactly. I understand that. A real homer, a hometown boy. Very much so, very much so. And even up until the end, when the Giants had that nice stretch earlier this decade, you know, Robin was there doing his thing with Billy Crystal. And even when the camera wasn't on, Robin would go to as many games as he could. Yes, and never understood anything about it. (laughs) He was the guy, as Robert Klein used to say, he was the guy who used to wear socks with sandals. You knew he was a soccer guy, not a baseball guy. Yeah, but <laughs> you, you, yeah, because baseball is like too slow for someone with Robin's brain to absorb because there's just so much he could process ordinarily. You know what? But Robin liked lonely things. That's how he relaxed. He used to ride 40 miles a day on his bike. He used to love to cross-country ski. You know, stuff when he was alone, that's what he processed. I don't know a lot of comedians, but I know enough to know that when the lights are off and they're not performing, many of them are reflective. They need to unplug and channel things and draw on their energy or or find ways to channel their energy so that they could create their next routine. Robin liked the loneliness of it. He liked being alone where he could think. I think a lot of that goes back to when he was a child. Mm -hmm. He spent so much time alone as a child, which I believe is where he got this great mental dexterity, which he transformed into physical dexterity as well, because he produced a great deal of both when you saw him perform. But his mental dexterity, he had to create his whole life in his head. And that's how he had the ability to do different voices, conversing, Part of the genius of him was how he could carry on these two- and three-sided conversations. And I think that started out as a kid, out of necessity. He loved toy soldiers. He loved to study the military. He loved figuring out strategies and stuff. Robin, 
Anyway, I forget what the original thought was that, here, but that, that, I stand by my answer. You're, and, <laughs> and, and, and as, as well you should, we're talking to David Steinberg. David managed the career of Robin Williams for more than 40 years, up until Robin's death in August 2014. He is also executive producer of Robin Williams, Come Inside My Mind, the critically acclaimed HBO documentary that is just one part of Robin Williams' comic genius, a comprehensive, everything you could possibly think of, tribute, celebration, compendium of everything Robin did, the many things that Robin did, as many gifts that he shared with the world for more than 40 years. Robin Williams' comic genius, available exclusively at robinwilliams.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I've not had a chance to watch everything in the collection. I have watched the documentary, Robin Williams Come Inside My Mind, David. And for me, I think it's best to watch the documentary first so that you get a thinking of how Robin created. And when you get a sense of how Robin created, you can then go back and watch the various, you know, the, the Mork and Mindy shows, the stand-up routines, so you can appreciate how he did things. I, I think you are a thousand percent right. And it's one of the reasons we wanted that to come out first. And then we wanted the collection to come out because then you can see how he put this skill set to work. And I don't know how much he put it to work or how much it happened just by accident. <laughs> one of the takeaways in the documentary is I forget which concert you're talking about. I think it's the one he did in New York around 86, 87. It was the first big, it was sort of his comeback, so to speak, you know? Uh, no, there was never a comeback. It was live at the Met, I believe you're referring to. Okay, well, you tell the story about how you and he worked together on that routine. And yet there were things that he did in the moment that you were astonished where they came out of. Robin and I spent about three or four months on the road. He would, of him doing the show and changing the show, I would uh, look at certain things and take some notes during, you know, the performance, and we'd talk about maybe if that weren't there or this worked here, or how we could turn this into telling a real story about the progression of his act and life and to where he was. And then he went to work, and he was able to plug in new things so you never thought he was thinking of something new. Do you know what I mean? Or you never, it, it was just, these things flew out of him, but he was able to shuffle that deck in his head and make it all make sense. We spent, I don't know exactly, three, four months on the road creating this. He was creating the show. I was standing by holding his coat. <laughs> He created this show. We went in and we taped two nights at the Met, which mm -hmm. was unbelievable. Mm -hmm. And after having spent three or four months on the road, he did 20 to 25% of new things I'd never heard before. 
when the cameras were rolling. Because they were coming to him in the moment, you know, reacting off of what the audience gave him, what the audience was responding to, that sort of thing? Absolutely, that's, that's it in a nutshell. And the other thing that's important is he liked that tightrope. He had no fear of experimenting. That drove him. That was his adrenaline. He loved it. Loved the tightrope of it. He loved the tightrope of it, but in the preparation part, as he's working out the skeleton of the basic routine that he would perform at the Met that night, did he write things down? Did he work off and out? No. It was all spontaneous or in the moment, huh? Yeah. You know, I would take notes of each thing every night, and then he'd look at the notes. But Robin was never building a show, really, like other comics would write out a show. Mm Mm-hmm. He was out there every night to entertain the audience, and wherever, you said it perfectly, wherever that audience took him, he would enjoy the journey, and the good stuff he'd keep, and think about, and if he wanted to ever talk about it again, he would. But he was entertaining each audience individually. I think that's a better way to look at it. Well, and I'm just thinking aloud here, but given that he thought faster, I mean, he processed things faster, his mind was like faster than most ordinary other people, it would probably slow him down to write down an outline because there were so many other things. If you write down X, Y, Z, you're not considering A, B, C and all the other things that are coming along. So his gift as an improviser and his acute sensitivity to things, he knew that was his strength. Those were just touch points for him. He just liked exploding on the stage. He loved it. And if the audience liked something, he would then travel that road for a bit until that came up. In. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And he'd move to the next thing. Mm-hmm. Robin really did perform for each audience individually. We talked to David Steinberg. David managed the career of Robin Williams for more than 40 years. He is also the executive producer of Robin Williams Comic Genius, a 22 DVD deluxe collection that includes, among many other things, the critically acclaimed documentary Robin Williams Come Inside My Mind. Robin Williams Comic Genius, available right now exclusively through Robin williams.com. One of the takeaways for me, David, in watching the documentary, Robin Williams Come Inside My Mind, which is just one part of Robin Williams' comic genius, the entire collection, one of the takeaways from the documentary, David, was learning how seriously Robin took his craft as an actor. I mean, yes, he won the Oscar. He won a lot of acclaim for his work as a performance, but because people think of him as a stand-up it is easy to overlook how hard he worked as an actor and the craft and the thought process he took to creating a character and building a character. Well, you know, it wasn't his job to show everyone how he did that. <laughs> his job was to be that character. Yeah. I don't think anybody knows how much goes into preparing and stripping yourself down and being that. I'm sure there's a lot. You know, I mean, look at what Robert De Niro does. Mm-hmm. You know, look at what really acclaimed great actors do. You're not looking at that person being someone else. You're looking at someone else. When he was doing that, I didn't visit him a lot on the set. He wasn't interested in in me breaking him out of his character. Mm-hmm. You know, how we had so much fun together. We laughed together so much. We had a lot of serious conversations together about a lot of serious matters. But 
when you go have dinner with somebody or you go see someone or visit them on the set, you're standing around watching them. It's a pretty boring thing, and they feel a little obligation to maybe entertain you or, or be something. And Robin always wanted to entertain everybody. And that was too much pressure to bring him out of a character that he was doing. You know what I mean? So we knew without saying it that, why am I showing up? You know, I talked to him on the phone and show my support. Occasionally I would show up. I mean, I probably showed up on almost every movie at least once for a day or two, sometimes more. But to give him that space to be that person, I mean, he studied the art of becoming someone. <laughs> what did Robin look for when he considered a part? What did Robin look for when he decided to become someone, whether for a dramatic film or a comedic film? A character and a story. As simple as that? <laughs> I think that's what everybody looks for. Yeah. A character and a story. Now, there's more stuff I'm sure that actors look for, but doing a film is a really personal thing. Mm -hmm. Robin loved to work with great directors. And he worked with a lot of great directors in his career. But Robin liked the help. He liked direction. He liked input. He wasn't afraid of input. A lot of performers are afraid of input because they think it doesn't make it their own, I guess. Robin uh, never let anyone overtake, but he did like people to direct him. Unless he didn't agree on some shows when they wanted him to do a certain thing if he didn't agree. Okay. He, I mean, he was pretty open about, like, no, I can't, I need to, I'll do one for you, I need to do one for me. I need to be who I am doing this. I need to arrive there myself with your help. We're talking to David Steinberg. David managed Robin Williams' career for more than 40 years. He is also the executive producer of Robin Williams' comic Genius, a 22-DVD deluxe collection that celebrates all aspects of Robin Williams' 40-year career in film, television, and stand-up comedy from his uproarious turn on Mork and Mindy to his legendary HBO stand-up specials, his numerous appearances on late-night television, and everything in between. Robin Williams' Comic Genius is available right now exclusively at RobinWilliams.com. I'm not an actor. I'm just someone who talks to actors on the radio. But there's a point that once an actor assumes the part of a character, at some point, he or she knows that character better than anybody else. And so while they're, yes. they're, they will always be receptive to ideas, if their instinct says, I think we should do it this way, they've earned that right, right? You bet. Yeah. You bet. Making a film is really a collaborative thing. Mm -hmm. Standing up and, and doing what Robin did is not collaborative. No, stand-up itself is not collaborative, yeah. but the way a performer such as Robin worked, as we talked about earlier, the audience is really much a part of that act that night because he responds to what they're reacting to, and that speaks to what a great listener he was in every phase of his career. Yeah, uh, absolutely, absolutely. He listened, and then he spit out a response. Robin was doing a command performance uh, in London once for the mm -hmm. Queen, mm -hmm. and we had discussed the thought of working over there a little bit in a few clubs, like the week before he performed for the Queen. Mm -hmm. So naturally we had some thoughts about what might work, and then it was about how do you 
make it a little more English so they use the right phrases to get the response you want. Mm-hmm. Because it's different vernacular, I guess, is the way you'd say it. Yeah, well, you want to make sure that your routine translates well, so to speak, so that your audience in the yeah. UK gets they it. Understand yeah. it. Yeah. I understand it. Yeah. So, well, anyway, we went over there, and I had the, um, <laughs> the producers put us into a, uh, I don't know, I think I arranged three or four uh, comedy situations, like comedy clubs. Mm-hmm. That's what I asked for. So Robin could go in, you know, as I mentioned earlier, how he would take direction from the audience, mm-hmm. you know, and find his way based on their response. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> he and I had put together a little list of some things that would be a place to start. <laughs> we get in this big white Rolls Royce, and we drive all the way out London. Mm-hmm. We go to uh, Windsor where uh, the castle is, mm-hmm. and we drive up to a place, and then we walk into it. It was huge. We walk into this place, and it reminded both of us of Caesar's Palace. <laughs> it was 1,300 seats yeah. built down into uh, like an amphitheater mm-hmm. indoors, and it was totally filled with English farmers, mm-hmm. all dressed up, like they were going out for their one night. I don't mean that in any kind of demeaning way. No. It was a bunch of people who lived an hour outside, hour and a half outside of London. Mm-hmm. So they, it wasn't a cosmopolitan young group. It was guys in there and their wives coming to this thing. So anyway, uh, the performer, the headliner was Lenny Henry, mm-hmm. who was a fantastic uh, comic performer. Good entertainer. Mm-hmm. This is not one of those communicating rooms like a comedy club is. Yeah. You know, that that's created for comedy. This was a, more of a performance. <laughs> so I go sit in our booth that they gave us. Robin, I want to go back and see Lenny, okay? I said, great. So I'm sitting there having a drink. 20 minutes later, a waitress comes back and says, Mr. Williams would like to see the notes. What we had talked about, mm-hmm. I should tell Mr. Williams he's got the notes. Five minutes later, she comes back. Mr. Williams says, you have the notes. I said, tell Mr. Williams to look in every pocket. I don't have the notes. <laughs> so Robin got out on the stage, and he did what comics do when they're not sure of what to do. So, uh, oh, where are you from? <laughs> <laughs> And it was five or six of the most painful moments I've ever seen in Robin's life. He was totally lost. He was totally thrown. And we laughed convulsively on the trip home. Then we went into a couple of comedy clubs where he could sit, you know, where there were 80 people and working in the club. Mm -hmm. And he was in the middle, like a little dance floor at uh, at a bar mitzvah. Okay? Yeah. And he'd get out there, and he would get immediate feedback, and he figured out exactly what he was going to do for the Royal Command. And he was spectacular. But I'm just trying to show how he got something from an audience. Yeah. He participated in the show with the audience. He participated with him. And even a five-minute painful stretch 
I'm sure that he filed that somewhere in his brain, and he drew on that somewhere else down the line in some other. You bet. Form. Yeah. You bet. Yeah. Anyway, it really illustrated how the audience was part of his show. Everybody was in the same act. Everyone was in the same act. We're talking to David Steinberg. David managed the career of Robin Williams for more than 40 years. We'll continue our conversation with David after this quick time out here on TV Confidential. Attention sports fans. Now you can watch every football game you want all season long without leaving your home with Dish for about 50 bucks a month. Compared to your cable bill, you can save almost $600 a year. Call right now and sign up for Dish and watch every football game you want. With Dish, there are no boxes to pay, plus get free installation as soon as tomorrow. If you call now. And with Dish Anywhere, you can watch your favorite sports and channels on your smartphone, tablet, or laptop. Be one of the first 100 orders right now and get a free voice remote. Don't miss a single football game all year long and save a ton of money. Get a free voice remote and free installation as soon as tomorrow. But you got to call All-American Dish right now. 800-296-1251. That's 800-296-1251. Hi, this is Rhonda Shear, and you're staying up all night or day with TV Confidential. Buying or selling a home can be one of the most stressful things we'll ever do in life, but it doesn't have to be. And no one knows better than our friends at Front Porch Realty Group. Their community of realtors serving the Northern Bay Area of California that cares about their clients as individuals first and foremost. Whether you're a first-time buyer or looking to lease or sell your property in the Bay Area, Front Porch Realty Group will help you through this important transition by providing you with the right information for your situation while lessening the pain. They also work with a network of realtors throughout California who provide the same high caliber of customer service. Call Front Porch Realty Group at 415-886-7411 for a realtor referral near you. You can also visit their website, frontporchrealtygroup.com, for more information on the services they provide, including upcoming workshops and seminars. For more information, call 415 415- 886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com Front Porch Realty Group They'll find the solution that works best for you. Uber is the mobile app that connects you with a driver for immediate transportation. Request a ride at the tap of a button and you have a driver curbside in minutes. You can choose to be driven in a black car, SUV or you can choose UberX the low cost Uber for a ride in a hybrid or mid-range car. Payment is seamless and cashless. Build to your card on file with no need to tip. Enter the promo code TV Confidential after you download the app to receive a free first ride up to $20. For more information, go to get.uber.com forward slash go forward slash TV Confidential. Hello, this is Kirk Bolville, and you're listening to TV Confidential. My name is... Robin Williams. For those of you on acid, this is a frisbee. <laughs> be afraid, be very, very afraid. Ed Robertson, along with our guest David Steinberg. David managed Robin Williams' career for more than 40 years. He is also the executive producer of Robin Williams' comic 
Genius, a 22 DVD deluxe collection that celebrates all aspects of Robin Williams' 40-year career in film, television, and stand-up comedy from his uproarious turn on Mork and Mindy to his legendary HBO stand-up specials, his numerous appearances on late-night television, a comprehensive collection of Robin's USO shows from around the world, plus rare, never-before-seen footage of Robin's early stand-up career and everything in between. Among the highlights of Robin Williams' comic genius is Robin Williams' Come Inside My Mind, the critically acclaimed HBO documentary that features interviews with Williams' first wife, Valerie Velarde, Pam Dauber, Robin's co-star on Mork and Mindy, comedians David Letterman, Louis Black, and Billy Crystal, and a whole lot more. Robin Williams' Comic Genius 22 DVD Deluxe Collection, available exclusively robinwilliams.com. The collection itself as a whole contains more than 50 hours of Robin's material throughout his career. It is comprehensive, and yet I could see you could easily have made it 100 hours. Was it difficult to narrow it down in putting this thing together? It was a lot of looking around. But, you know, I had lived through so many of these things, so I kind of knew where a lot of them were. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The gems. But you said something earlier that I thought really made sense, that to look at the, which is one of the DVDs in our set, mm-hmm. the uh, HBO documentary, that Come Inside My Mind. Come Inside My Mind. And when you watch that, and then you watch some of his guest appearances, this is a compilation of a lot of guest appearances, Mm -hmm. as well as concerts, that he would do the Johnny Carson show on Leno, you know, in different areas on award shows, on talk shows everywhere. So you get to see what's talked about in uh, Come Inside My Mind, Mm -hmm. in terms of his creation process, you get to see that employed, how he just is coming out so naturally and improvising in so many of these situations. I mean, there's stuff that he does there with Whoopi Goldberg, with Billy Crystal, with Jack Nicholson. Mm -hmm. You get to see his genius deployed. (laughs) Yes, you can see his genius deployed over 22 DVDs comprising more than 50 hours of vintage Robin Williams material, Robin Williams comic genius, available exclusively, robinwilliams.com. David Steinberg, our guest, managed Robin's career for more than 40 years. He is executive producer of the Robin Williams comic genius DVD collection. Was there one find, David, that's in the set that you're particularly proud of, that you were able to track down? You know, I'm really proud of it and lucky so lucky to have lived it. And one of my particular personal highlights, and I wish there was more of it, was of our trips to Afghanistan and Iraq. You don't get to fully understand how tirelessly (laughs) he worked. I mean, there was, I think we went four or five times. There wasn't one trip when he came back where he could speak. He had no voice left. And we, those were all Christmas trips. Yeah, and I understand he never said no whenever he was asked. He never no. said no. No. He signed an autograph or took a picture with every soldier on every base that we went to. He would never go to sleep. And mm-hmm. other performers would go to sleep, you know, 
not go to sleep until everyone had been satisfied with their, however they could touch him or he could touch them. It was, uh, it was the most, I think, the most fulfilling feeling he ever had performing. That's just my thought. Not that anyone cares about me, but it was certainly the most fulfilling Well, thing. you knew him as well as anybody else. You spent so much time with him. And for the benefit of the listeners, the relationship between a manager and a performer is, I mean, the manager is not only at the top of the food chain, the manager always, you know, while the agent may look for what's good for this particular deal, the manager always thinks in terms of the performer as a whole. And so it's a very, very close relationship. And it sounds like in the case of you working with Robin, it transcended that even more because you connected with each other emotionally, I understand. I mean, you were that close. Yeah, that would be accurate. It was a remarkable experience, a remarkable life that I've been uh, blessed to, to lead. And uh, when Robin passed away, this was what I wanted to accomplish, uh, both of these projects, to leave as much of a legacy of Robin's genius for fans and for future generations. And it sounds like, because you bring up the word genius, it sounds like it sounds like at least your approach was you didn't try to, quote-unquote, manage genius in the sense of trying to control it. You sort of recognized what he had and who he was. You helped him nurture it in whatever way you could. Nurture it and clear a pathway so he could exhibit it without people trying to dictate what he did. One last question for you, and I understand that you also worked once upon a time with Martin Mull. and. To yes, me, I, I had all his records in the 70s. And uh-huh. to me, he was a genius in a different kind of way because not only was he funny, he could tell stories, but he could play guitar. And so he brought that. That's what made him special. Martin was great. Uh, Martin never really loved performing that much. You know, he was great at it because he's so funny. Martin and I were actually roommates for a while. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, he lived at my house. When we were <laughs> yeah. He was fantastic. I do have to say that Billy Crystal, who I do manage, had a relationship with Robin that was so fruitful, both uh, professionally and personally, that some of the things that they did together, he knew exactly how to play with Robin so he could be his own particular brand of genius and Robin could be. They had a real chemistry that was pretty breathtaking to watch. Yeah, one of the highlights of the documentary itself are some of the phone messages between Robin and Billy Crystal that they shared. And this is the other thing. I don't think I asked you this. What is so cool about the documentary is Robin pretty much acts as his own narrator because you you came across archival audio of Robin giving interviews for, I think, Playboy magazine. That was Marina uh, Zenovich who came across that. I don't know which of her staff came across it. But we wanted to have Robin's voice as much as possible Mm -hmm. in this. And she found that tape, which was just gold for this. Well, when you get the collection, folks, it would be a good idea to start with the documentary because not only do you get a sense of Robin's creative gifts, but you're getting that creativity from Robin itself. So it's really like he has come back alive to guide you through this collection. Yes, 
Yeah, that, that's the idea. You, you really got this thing. David Steinberg is the executive producer of Robin Williams' Come Inside My Mind, the critically acclaimed HBO documentary from 2018 that is just one part of Robin Williams' comic genius, the 22-DVD deluxe collection of vintage Robin Williams material that is available exclusively through RobinWilliams.com. Become an advertiser or underwriter of TV Confidential and let our brand help promote your brand. To find out more, go to televisionconfidential.com slash advertise. You can now listen to TV Confidential whenever you want by downloading the new TV Confidential app. You can find the TV Confidential app at the Apple Store, apps.apple.com. If you're living with diabetes and using insulin, you know the pain of pricking your fingers over and over again. By wearing a small remote device called a continuous glucose monitor or CGM, you can reduce the pain of pricking your fingers right away. If you're testing your blood sugar four or more times per day, injecting insulin three or more times per day, or using an insulin pump, call the Diabetic Health Hotline today. 800-712-8002. That's 800-712-8002. Paid for by U.S. Med. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential, x.com forward slash tvconfidential, or at TV Confidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.